I'm Brent Musburger. This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the VSIN Sports Network. Bet on the Bull, WRNF's Kinston. And welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. Today is Wednesday, February the 21st in the year of the Lord 2024. This is Hour 2 of Episode 1028 of 1028 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. If you missed our first hour, by golly, I'm telling you, you missed a really good hour. Mike Martin in here for the entire hour. We talk PGA ECU baseball, a little Freedom Classic, prep basketball conference tournament action, a ton of stuff with Mike, and then very honored making his Brian Hanks show debut at about the 45-minute mark of our first hour. Umpire Jimmy Paler, a very popular umpire in our neck of the woods, uh, and he is sharing with us, Mike, about uh, the big experience he had five days ago at Clark LeClaire Stadium when he was behind the plate for uh, Parker Bird's debut for ECU. And if you missed any of that, we're not going to rehash any of that. You need to listen to the first hour of the show. You can go to brianhanks.com or tune back in here at 3 o'clock on 960betonthebull.com, and you can listen to all that. So, Jimmy, thank you for hanging out with us into the second hour of our show, sir. Thank you, sir. Like I said, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, uh, I want to pick up from uh, where we were. And I got to ask you, how do you divorce yourself? I mean, we heard the emotion in your voice in the first hour, and that's one of the things I really respect with with the good officials. And I'm talking about like the Leo Lockhart tour out there, uh, the – Oh my gosh, I'm going to blitz. Even the the Tommy Maddoxes back in the day that just, how do you do that as an umpire, as an official? How do you divorce yourself from the moment and just, hey, I got to call balls and strikes here. You know I mean? I, it doesn't matter if that's uh, Mike Martin at the plate or if it's uh, Parker Bird at the plate. I've got to just look at that square where the pitches are coming in and call balls and strikes. How do you do that, Jimmy? Well, you know, Brian, it, it goes back to... Uh, I've seen a ton of pitches. It, it's, it goes back to, to just being totally focused and prepared for, for, for what we're doing. And, and, I, and by the way, I do appreciate you mentioned Mr. Tommy and Leo as well, because two great basketball officials and, and two, two, great, two great guys as well. It's two guys that I, I have officiated with, high school basketball and some, and some lower-level college basketball with. Two great guys. And then, like I said, just, just thank you for mentioning them as well. But it goes back to, to focus and just just you know not letting the moment not letting the moment uh, uh, overtake you uh, as, as far as you know your concentration. It's um just just you know when you when you've been doing it for for quite a while, you just uh, you, you you realize that you've got to stay focused on on every pitch, and that that's re- that's the reason that was such a big moment. And I really had I I did I had I had to make a conscious effort in that moment to. To make sure that I was focused, and and uh, you know, just sometimes you'll get out there and you, it just becomes second second nature to, to call balls and strikes and say tonight. But but at that time, like I said, that with it being so emotional and all, it, I, I just I did had to really focus on make sure that that I was I was staying in the game and and, and staying squared away. Yeah, Jimmy, it, it's uh, it, it's really great to get a chance to talk to you on the show. I've been wanting to do this ever since we started doing this, and. Uh, you know, I hope that we'll get a chance to have you on again soon because the story of you becoming an umpire, and I, I, I've heard it before, and I really would love to share it you know, th- with the listeners in Kenton and Lenore County. But, um, you know, given, given your history, when you came back after your time in professional baseball, you know, where, where did your umpiring career in this area begin? 
so my that's a that's a story I haven't shared with a lot of people, and I I I, I love that question. So when I came back, when I got out of pro baseball, I was I was um I won't say I was bitter, but you know you're you're kind of you're kind of scorned a little bit when you when you get released uh when when you get released uh from from pro baseball. So I came home. Um, came home. I, I had had a cup of coffee in the big leagues. I had had some big, couple of big league games, and you know, thought I had a chance. And then all of a sudden, you, you get released. And so I came home that off season and took every piece of my equipment, baseball umpiring equipment, and went to my father's bandsaw and cut every piece of equipment <laughs> I had up with 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 his bandsaw and said, "I'll never umpire another game in my life." So wow, uh, got it. Got into high school basketball, started doing basketball, and, and fell in love with that. And then uh, one day uh, we were at a game in Wilmington, and uh, big man Steve Sanders, he said, "Jimmy, he said it's time." I said, "What do you mean it's time?" He said, "It's time for you to come back." I said, "Well, I, I, I come back from what?" He said, "You need to come back and start doing some college baseball with us." So he 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 uh, he was kind of my inspiration for getting me back. And uh, once once I came back, just you know, the love for the game just it um it took off right where it left off from, from, from pro ball and just uh, fell in love with, with umpiring again. And then like I said, ever since then, it's, it's been, it's been history since then been loving, you know, like I said, this is except for the, you know, five, five years or so. So I've probably been umpiring 33 years, maybe at, you know, from, from 86, maybe with five years off. So uh, just, uh, just that's uh so Pigman is actually the one that got me back into, um, back into the game locally and doing college ball. From, from the time I left pro ball. Well, there you go. Well, listen, Jimmy, I appreciate you. We're, we go from one legend to another. Uh, we've got Bill Ellis in our uh, studio here. What, what would you like to say to him, Jimmy? Man, that's awesome. It, it, I, I'm glad I got to, I'm glad I got to go before him instead of after him. Cause he would, he would make me look bad. <laughs> okay, very good. Listen, uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, would love to have you, uh, live in here one day, uh, in our studio, maybe me, you and Mike, and, uh, just talk more about your road. I'd love to know about some of your moments and all that stuff going on. Okay. That'd be great, Brian. Thank you guys. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Well, thank thank you, you so much. You. Jimmy Paler. Uh, oh, I bet I bet you came unplugged there. Can you hear now? Okay, there you go. Well, say hello, Bill. Good, good, good morning, everyone. Yeah, good there morning. you go. You you sound good. Uh, happy birthday, Eve. Well, thank you very much. Forget yeah. about that. It is birthday Eve. It is birthday Eve for you. In fact, if I'd have been smart about this, Mike, I'd have had you on your birthday tomorrow. Well, heck, we could have had a cake in here <laughs> for you. you. Now, take it. How old are you going to be? I'm going to be 67. It's hard to believe. I Get can't out. turn that over that quick. That is crazy, but, really but is. still running around like a 23 year old. Well, I hope so. Anyway, <laughs> there you go. Bill, uh, Bill Ellis. I mean, I don't have to, you see, I've got my little bob, my, my little bill right. bobblehead right Ooh. here. I'm like, look, look where I'm I got up. you. I got well, you in front. I don't have you right here in the mail or anything. <laughs> well, you got me amongst, uh, amongst a lot of great folks. I'll say that for you. <laughs> there you right. go. Right next well, to Buzz Lightyear. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, absolutely. Man. But, uh, man, so many things to talk to you about. Obviously, uh, I want to talk some uh, Freedom Classics since that it, it begins this weekend. It that does. was your baby. But I don't think we've had you on since you were inducted into the Kensal North County Sports uh, Hall of Fame. I think we had you on the week of week before. Of the Hall of Fame. But I, I wanted to give you a moment, and this is something I don't even know if Mike knows this, but I'm going to say it. You pissed me off so bad a couple of times, Bill Ellis, and I love you with all my heart. I respect you. You are a legend. Anybody who knows you, and I know you're going to poo-poo it and all that, but I'm telling Mike this part about you, Bill. We had already elected this son of a 
a gun to the uh, Hall of Fame twice, and he had turned it down twice before we Come finally. On. I'm not even joking. In fact, the time before this past time, we had elected him to it. I had walked out. I didn't even know until like a day later that he had turned it down. <laughs> we we're trying to plan all this stuff. In fact, I think I was talking to uh, George Whitfield because he graciously, as you know, Coach Whitfield always gets the trophies for it. And. Uh, I was talking to him about, you know, the trophies, name spellings, and all that kind of stuff. And we got to you, and I was like, or I got to Bill, and I was like, uh, you know, Bill. And he goes, oh, no, Bill's not being inducted. I'm like, what? I, oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to know if Brian's the first person you ever pissed off. <laughs> I promise that's not the case. I wished it was, but that is not the case. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But what did it mean to you? I mean, it's well, someone you know, that it, you've, in it, fact, when you look at it, since the very formation of this thing in 2004, it's you, me, Craig Hill, Deborah Wicker, was, but she wasn't even for this past one. So I think it's us three are the only ones that have been oh with it since God. the very beginning. For you to find, for you to finally accept it and be inducted well, to it, what did it mean to you? Well, Bill? It, it meant a whole lot, and, I, and it and it meant so much that through the years, I've always thought the people that that really deserved it need to go in, and there was a people ahead of me that I felt like really deserved to be in, and they were older. And I wanted them to get their opportunity while they were, were still living. So I knew hopefully I had more years to go. And, and so I really felt like it was important to put some of the other people in before before I got in there. And now I'm getting up there with the older ones. <laughs> so so I, I, I went this time. But it didn't mean a whole lot. You know, you work your whole life and your whole career in a town and you give it what you got to it. And so when they recognize you back, it, it it's always a great feeling. So I appreciate what what you've done, and I was I was honored to go to the George Whitfield Hall of Fame this year and saw where you got inducted in it. And was proud for you because you when you think of sports in Lenore County, the first name that pops up is Brian Hanks with all you've done for our youth and all the recognition. Because you know if anything's changed in the world, it's the journalism world, and with with the free press going on, the changes it's gone. But you've able been able to keep up sports in Lenore County and let people know how much it does mean and the recognition because, you know, you think back when we all played sports and all we had the local paper and all that covered everything. And, and now with the way news is carried and news is done instantly over your phones and radios and everything else, it's hard for the print media to be able to send people out and do a lot of things. So you were able to adapt and change that. And so you've meant a lot to this community and the sports in general in Lenore County because, hey, if people don't know about it and if people aren't there, it is absolutely. You see what useless. Bill Ellis does, right? You try to compliment compliment him. You try to give him love and adoration. What does he do? He turns it around on well, you. But thank you. That's yeah, very yeah, kind for yeah, you to well, say that. Though, but but well, but thank you. I do appreciate that. One of the things I like during your speech, and I, and listen, I'm biased, so I can be biased. But I thought the two best speeches of the night were yours and Wells Gulledge's. I mean, I really did. We, I thought we, you we got were, a little long winded, but other than that, we no. Did okay, I, but I but I, but you know what? With all everything you've done for this county, everything you've done for uh, the Hall of Fame and all that. You deserve to be a little long-winded, but one of the things I like that you, I liked your challenge that you gave out to the the crowd. Do you remember? Or do, I, I do, yeah, I do. T- tell everybody the challenge you gave out during yeah. your speech, uh, you your know, acceptance those, speech. Those four hundred people there were that that I, they were the backbones of athletics. They loved athletics their whole careers, their whole lives, and they'd all all participated in it. And it's up to us in that crowd as time changes to keep athletics going in Lenore County. When you look back at the history of Lenore County and, and basketball, probably number one. But you look at baseball and you look at uh, what we've done in, at North Lenore with state championships. You look at South Lenore. Uh, you look out at Parrot, what they've done with all their state championships, Bethel. And so, you know, it, it's easy as we get older to forget about the, the kids coming through. But when we think back, you know, 
my best times in my life were probably when my son played football at, at Kenston High School. And, it, and they, so those are the best times, and parents are going through that now, and kids are going through that now. And so it's important that we continue to provide first-class facilities. And I, I've been very fortunate since I retired. I'm on the road a lot now uh, building parks and playgrounds in other communities. And I see what towns around us are building and, and doing, and it's amazing the money that's being spent on athletic complexes and things like that. And it's easy to get behind. And I think, you know, we've got to keep pushing and keep bringing our facilities up. I think Mott Gym was probably one of the best things we ever did in this community that it's open to any young athlete that wants to get better with their skills. And, and so we got to keep doing things like that, the Woodman, and, and keep places for young folks to work out and be involved in sports because it's so important to them growing up. I love that. Hey, I do the same thing. You you realize what you just did, right? You called it the Woodman. Oh, I do I the just, same I, thing it, though. Bill, Bill, it's, Bill, it's Bill. gonna always be the Woodman. I don't, you know, I can't. Yeah, help it. yeah. yeah. no doubt it about is it. What no it doubt is. about it. So, it, you know, we're we're here together because this is Freedom Classic Week, and you know, when we were talking about it, I realized that I don't think I know the origin story of the Freedom Classic. So, I Bill, love it. Bill, can you share with? Our listeners that may not have heard of the story, how how did this come about? You know, well, we we were without a, we were without a, a, a professional team at the time, and and we were doing anything we could do to keep uh, baseball in at Granger Stadium. And so, uh, luckily, my son was playing at Navy, and I got to know the Navy coach, uh, and and we kept saying, if you'll bring an event, to, if you'll bring a come come play in Kenston, we'll roll out the red carpet and make it first class. And they came down here and they actually. In the wintertime, a couple times it snowed in Annapolis, and they came down here and practiced at Granger Stadium because it was warmer. And with that, uh, we we had a we're having college baseball almost every other weekend of some sort, some kind. We were having teams from uh, D.C. to uh, Minnesota, wherever would stop through on their southern tour and play at Granger Stadium. And so we got the idea of bringing Navy and Air Force here, and luckily the coaches agreed to it, and that started started doing it. And we we tried to make it that first year the I say the Army Navy football game of baseball and we did it we did it first class the community came forth and we raised some money and we were able to start feeding the kids and and doing things that they don't normally get in college baseball and made it special and the coaches kept wanting to come back and and now the coaches will tell you it's probably one of the highlights of their seasons is oh it's not even there. probably yeah, yeah. They, they say it, that it, for sure. So it, it's a good, great event and it's good for the community. The veterans got involved and so it's really been a really Nice first class event for folks to come out and enjoy. Yeah, I, I've had the good fortune of attending uh, several of the games, and I, I really was fortunate to go to the luncheon at, at Kenston Country Club one year and hearing those young men speak and and share their stories and and it was it was fascinating to me to hear the uh, the appreciation they had for the city of Kinston and, and, and for what we put together here, that, that really was a highlight for me and, um, and, and such a great thing. Yeah. And, and, and I've said all along, I'll say it all every year. It's the, it's the best kids in America playing the best game in America at one of the greatest stadiums in America. So, I mean, what more can you want in a small Eastern North Carolina town to have that in your community and you have the ability to come out and watch it for three, I think it's $5 or something to get in, so you can't beat the price. And it's really a great event. And it's and Brian can take, Brian's a, the historian of baseball in Lenore County, but the records are almost identical. They're yeah. real close. They're yeah. like 30, 30, uh, 30 and 30 or something like that. Yeah. And they've been tied for years, so they're two evenly matched teams. That's awesome. And and uh, so it's really great baseball, and it's really, 
really fun to see. And I will say our banquet, uh, if you haven't been to a Freedom Placet banquet, I would encourage our listeners to come this year. It's it's $15, and we've got a great speaker. And then uh, the, the seniors of each team introduces their uh, 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 service selection of what they're going to do. And then the coaches talk about what it is at the at, at the uh, uh, academies, and it's really a great banquet. This year uh, we got uh, a great speaker, so I'm really looking forward to, to the banquet and can't wait for it to hear. So it's Saturday night. At six o'clock out at King. So if you're listening and can come, please come. And we're going to have him on the show here tomorrow. Good the speaker. Deal. And I apologize. I don't have his name right here in front of me, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. We'll, we'll get it in there. No, but just to, to your point, while you look that up to your point, Bill, the air force leads the freedom classic series 15 to 14. Wow. Okay. There've been 29 games played on it, uh, played in it. Air force leads uh Navy 15 to 14. Here's what is amazing to me. No team has ever swept the – we've had uh, – this will be the 13th one of them. We've had 12 of them to this point. No team has ever swept the Freedom Classic before. And runs scored in it. It's 153 to 151. I mean, Air Force lead. Wow. How do you get I, I, more I, I, evenly I, matched than that, you know? You, you, you don't. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know of any series in college baseball that's evenly matched than that. Well, it's almost like when you hear about Duke playing Carolina in basketball, how close, close that series has been. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I mean, 14 years of it to think that they're that even through the years and the, and the coaches. and So it, it really is amazing. And our, our speaker at the banquet – is Brian Holiday, and he yeah. Tell us a little bit about he, he played at TCU. Uh, was a catcher at TCU. Won the Johnny Bench Award, which is the uh, best catcher in collegiate baseball that year. They went on to the College World Series and finished third in the world that year. And then he was drafted in the sixth round. He's played for the Texas Rangers, so you know we got a little Wood Duck connection with him. He's played for Detroit, played for several big league teams as a catcher, and just a really a dynamic speaker from what I hear. And he he lives in uh, Kerrville, Texas now. And there, him and his wife are flying in uh, for the banquet, and he will be our keynote speaker. So, uh, nine years in the big leagues, uh, best collegiate catcher in college baseball. So he should be a really a great speaker. So we want to encourage everybody to come out and listen to Brian and, and, and his words. That voiceless who you know who it is is Bill Ellis uh, joining us here on the Brian Hanks Show this morning. He is our big interview, and as you know, our big interview is brought to you every day by UNC Lenore Healthcare. Nestled in the heart of Lenore County right here in Kenton, UNC Lenore Healthcare's mission is to ensure exceptional health care for the people it serves. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kenton for all your health care needs or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit a comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, Thank you so much to uh, Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview. Uh, joining Mike Martin and myself here in our plush, well-lit, well-protected studio, the great Bill Ellis. And I got to ask you, you've got to take a lot of satisfaction in. I mean, this, again, you've started a lot of stuff here in the county, but this is truly your baby. This thing doesn't happen without you. It was your idea. It was your concept. And I, and I don't get it twisted. I know a lot of people work hard and have worked hard to keep it going, but You've got to take a, a modic or a, a level of satisfaction in in how successful this thing has been over the years. I do, and 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 it, it means a lot to me uh, because it's it's a, such a great event and a cool event. And you know we we're, we'll have the Wood Ducks one more year, so we're going to, have to do some creative things. Oh, we're going to ask you about that and, and a little we, bit we, too. We'll, yeah. we'll get into that, but we'll have we'll have baseball in Kenston, I feel sure for a long, long time. But we 
we are the, the Freedom Classic means so much not only to people that love athletics, to, but to our veterans also. So mm-hmm. when you come out and see the helicopter displays and the, all the different displays out there, you see the veterans march on. It just you know it's just a way of showing, and we're surrounded by military bases with with Camp Lejeune and uh, Seymour Johnson. So it's just the sh- way to show uh, how much this community and this this cares about our veterans and our military services. You've now said the word veteran about four or five times, and I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Mike, but that we lost one of our key veterans who has been a huge part of the frame since day one of it too. Yes. And Eric can too. And, and coach or uh, bill, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to, uh, I, I really haven't been able to talk about him that much because we've not had the thing that'll tie it in, but he was a, an integral part of the Freedom Classic, wasn't he? Look, Eric, Eric was an integral part of our community. You yeah. look at the things he's done with uh, with Salute and then with the uh, um, the museum. It, he's just done a lot of things and that you could always, I don't care what you needed, if it was a vet that needed to go to the hospital, it was a vet that needed VA benefits, whatever it was, answered, Eric needed the person to contact to get that person help. Yeah. And he did so much for our community. The Freedom Classic He's the one that he, he he's the one that's responsible for getting parachute jumpers. He's the one that's responsible for getting helicopters. He got in all the static displays every year. He knew the people to call and, and contact and get it and make it happen. And just uh, it's a big it's loss a, a, to the Freedom no, Classic. Not, well, you made the good point above the Freedom Classic to our community, but specifically the Freedom Classic. I can't even as someone that's been a part of it every year too. I, it's going to be hard for me to. Not see him, you know, be a part of it again this year. That's right. No matter how he felt, he was always out there. And yeah. uh, he, he did a great job. Well, and that's something that you'd always say about Eric. I mean, and I can't tell you the number of times I would see him at an event. And you could tell he he did not feel like being there. Yeah. But but he always came through. And, always. and you know, and, the, and, and, and his impact on our community would be felt for many, many years to come. Um, so Bill, this is a, you know, you hear this on a lot of radio shows and I would think that the freedom classic would probably be part of this, but you know, in your career with, with our, our city and County, what's, what's the Mount Rushmore of, uh, Bill Ellis accomplishments for you? (laughs) (laughs) He hates it. No, no, he's going to answer that question, but he, did you see how he shook his head? He hates these questions. Well, you know, I, I was lucky. I had a job that allowed me to do a lot of things, and a lot, you know, a lot of people could have done what I've done with that job. But you just had that job allowed me the freedom and the opportunity sure. and the mission to do those things. So, you know, I, I'm probably the, the most proud of the Nature Center or, or the Planetarium because we did it with volunteers. We did it with very little money, with working every Saturday and Sunday with different Boy Scout groups, different groups, the exchange clubs. Spent so many hours down there. So that was a that was really the thing I'm, I I say we accomplished the most. Uh, because we did it just for grassroots. The you know the other thing is at Kent's Community Center or Woodman Center, when the when the Woodman came to town and we were able to get convince them to come to Kentston and do their national model here in Kentston, and we end up with a in the Lions Club with the Lions Water Park and uh, 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 just able to do do a thirteen and a half million dollar facility that didn't cost the taxpayers a penny. Right, and it's amazing that that, yeah. that happened. Uh, and so they've been a lot of things, but it's been because we had a great parts and rec staff and we had a community that cares. And, you know, we, one person can't do do it. I just happened to have the job that let me be the leader of it. And uh, and we were able to pull groups together and make stuff happen that uh, normally you don't see in this size community. We knew the day. That voice again, that's uh, Bill Ellis joining Mike Martin and I, myself here on the Brian Hanks Show today. 
We knew the day was coming, Bill, that uh, one of our coaches uh, from the Air Force or Navy would step down. We've been so lucky since this thing started back in 2010 that we had had Paul Kostakopoulos at Navy, that we had had Mike Keselowski at, uh, at Air Force, the two head coaches. I got to tell you, if it had, if I if I'd have been putting money on it, not that I would bet on something like that, but I would have thought it might have been Mike that would have, uh, Coach Kaz that would have left first, but Coach Kostakopoulos announced his retirement uh, after the season ended last year. So we've got a new coach in, uh, Chuck Ristano, who, by the way, will be on the show tomorrow. He's going to be good. joining us here on the show tomorrow. But uh, I just wanted to give you a chance, just uh, the legacy of Paul Kostakopoulos at uh, at the Naval Academy. Coach, you know, or he, Bill. He, 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 was at, he was at Navy for uh, – 18 years, uh, the winningest coach in Navy history. Uh, he, he was always uh, cared about the kids and was a great coach. He he, he was the youngest Division One coach in college baseball. He, he started at uh, uh, Connecticut, I think it was. I don't remember. The, I don't. That, yeah. I, 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 but he he was the youngest. He was hired as a head coach at 22 years old and wow. uh, <laughs> uh, won there that those series, and then. And went on to Navy and became the winningest coach there. So, I mean, his record stands for for itself. And and the young folks that he moved, moved on into our services, and it's amazing what he's done. Mike Keselowski, uh, he will be live here in the studio on Friday. He'll be joining uh, myself and Jonathan Massey in the second hour on Friday. Uh, whereas uh, Coach Costa, in my opinion. I mean, he could get a little animated. He'd get a little excited at times, but kind of a low-key kind of guy. Can't say that about Coach Keselowski. That's one thing I like about him is uh, he'll get a little fired up during the game. Your, your thoughts on Coach Keselowski and his legacy to this point at Air Force Academy? You know, uh, there's never been, and I'll say it, there's never been an academy coach that's supposed to be in an academy better than him. He loves the military services. He came. He was a, he was a major in the military, spent his 20 years there. He knows the mission of the academies. And he's a great baseball mind, and he knows his mission on that field is to develop leaders for our country, and that's what he does. And I can't give him any higher uh, contribute than that because his knows his mission is to develop leaders and officers for the United States Air Force, and he does it through baseball, and he does a magnificent job of it. And uh, they, you know, they they've been to the to the uh, playoffs. They they've finished high enough in the in the Mountain West. They're in a tough tough conference in baseball. And somehow or another, he takes that group of young men that uh, are going to be our future officers, and he takes them and gets them in a situation where they make the best 64 teams in college baseball and makes the playoffs. And he's done that several times. And he's just a, a great leader of young folks and a great coach. And the thing that impresses me the most about him, too, is that it's exactly what you said, Bill, that his first mission, and he'll tell you this, is to develop officers. His second mission is to win baseball games. And it's amazing that he's able to do both. And I mean, when he gets talk about getting impassioned, when he get when he gets talking about, you know, these young men that come through at play for him at Air Force Academy and uh, just shares his thoughts and his love for them and just know, and he's lost a couple of them too, over the yes. past uh, few years too. Uh, I, nothing beats that. Doesn't I, you were talking about being in uh, Friday's uh, uh, luncheon, it's one of the highlights of my year every year is you guys graciously allow me to MC that and to be able to introduce him and just listen to him. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about what he's going to say to get everybody fired up. Absolutely. We want to encourage people to come out Friday, too, if they, yeah. if they will, to hear here at 12 o'clock at the Country Club. And it's the captains of the two teams and the two coaches, and they talk about a little bit about what they do and what their mission is and then the baseball series this weekend. 
So the, the Freedom Flights has allowed us to meet some really super people through the years and great coaches and great young men that uh, are, are really now our, our majors and lieutenant colonels in the military branches because, and they'll tell you those hours they spent on the baseball field helped make them great leaders of young folks in the military. That is awesome. What do you know about, and I, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot here because I've never even talked to him before. We've just messaged Chuck Restano, do you know? A, a great record coming yeah. in. Uh, yeah a really true great leader of men and I think he'll do an outstanding job at Navy because I you know Navy's one of those coaches one of those places everybody wants to get to coach at one time in their career and I think he's very fortunate and he will do a tremendous job I, like I said all we've done is just uh message back and forth and he's been super cool in that but I can't wait he'll be on the show the new Navy coach will be joining us tomorrow in our second hour here what? on the Brian Hanks show one thing I wanted to 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 expand on real quickly or, or just touch on yeah, you mentioned the event at Kings on Saturday night. Um, players from both teams. Oh they, yeah, yeah, they're a part of that uh, now. Players, par- parents, and it's it's really a nice banquet. Uh, would really love to get more community sport to come on out to it. We normally have about three hundred people. We can handle four hundred. Uh, and tickets available t- at the door. T- tickets available at the door. Tickets available at the rec department right now. So awesome, awesome, awesome. And you know, one really great thing and. Brian and I, we talk about Lovick's all the time. Nothing better than the Saturday morning of of Freedom Classic weekend at Lovick's when you're in there and you see, you know. It's Air Force. Sweat, they come in every oh, year. And, yeah. But you see sweatshirts from, yeah, you, it's it's never an issue to, to recognize who is, uh, <laughs> who, who's supporting what. But the turnout, if. If you're a regular Lovick's Diner, be prepared. It, there's always a wait on Saturday morning, but this Saturday morning in particular, it's going to be longer than normal. But um, but those families travel. Those well, families. Well, that and Coach Kaz will tell you. Yeah, he loves coming to Kinston. He loves it. But the probably the highlight of the weekend is when they go to uh, – the Lovick's Cafe and Steve and Christine and all them serving. I'm glad you brought that up, dude. Yeah, but no, you know, that you will, if you're out in Kinston this weekend, <laughs> you're going to see those families out and about. And um, I would really encourage if you are the parent of a, of a, you know, a young person in, uh, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, take them Saturday night and 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 spend some time with some of those young men um they will inspire they're going to inspire you as a parent but they're also you know it it stands a good chance of inspiring your young family member and 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 to see what a role model really looks like because those young men are role models and 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 it's just a it's just a great weekend in Kinston, and and hopefully we'll see a lot of folks out. That's right. Games are you know, Friday night at six thirty, and then we got Saturday at two, and then Sunday at twelve thirty. So three opportunities to come out and see great great baseball. The banquet Saturday night at six out at Kings, and then the captains luncheon at the Country Club Friday at twelve. So if you can make any of those events, please do. We we got tickets at the door, tickets at the gate. So just come out, enjoy it. It's a great weekend. Like you say, if you see parents out, it's, this is probably the, the – well, both coaches tell the parents, if this is the only game you get to travel to, come to Kinston because they do it right. So, you know, we'll, we'll have tons of parents from all over, the, all over the world, really. I mean, we'll have some, uh, some uh, uh, different countries represented here. We'll have parents from California to Colorado to 
Georgia to Tennessee. So it's uh and and not only parents but girlfriends and uh, cousins and aunts all come. So this is their one travel event that they do a lot of times. And Air Force was at Mississippi State uh, this past three days. They played in front of nine thousand folks at Mississippi State. Wow. And then uh, uh and. I think I think Air Force is two and two right now. Navy's three and one, so it ought to be a great series, and and we're just looking forward to a great weekend. Listen, uh, I've got to ask you about this, and we really are up against it. Uh, I've got about a minute, minute and a half left before we got to get uh, the birthday game in here. But I got to ask you, Bill, uh, and I'm switching lanes on you just for this last question. You worked your tail off, and everybody knows how hard you worked to get the Texas Rangers in here and the Wood Ducks. And really, and for, we've had Wade talk about this. We've had John Clemens. We've had city council people and the mayor talk. It was just one of those situations where we just we, we lost a team. It's nobody's fault. I mean, and it really isn't. It's not where you can say, oh, this politician didn't do their job. I just got to ask, is your heart broken? How do you feel about you know, uh, us losing uh, the, the Downey's Wood Ducks? And I, and I said – Journalism is probably the most changed career in America, and baseball is right there behind it because yeah. the minor leagues were all independently done and maintained, and each league was autonomous amongst itself, it's all affiliated with Major League Baseball. And when Major League Baseball said, hope we're going to take over all the minors, and they looked at it and they said, gosh, we got so many teams, and they contracted and got rid of 38 teams across the country. Uh, those were some really great, long-history teams we were fortunate in Kenton that didn't happen to us because we were owned by the Rangers. Well, the Rangers looked up and said, hey, if Major League Baseball owns us, why do we need to own a team? So they decided to get rid of the two minor league teams they had, which were Hickory and Kenton. The Braves got rid of all four of theirs. Everybody that had uh, ownership in teams, Houston got rid of theirs. So, and then when the new owners, there, uh, it's, a, it's an equity fund, basically went out and bought up a lot of these teams. Baseball holdings. Baseball holdings, yeah. uh, diamond holdings. Uh, I think they own like 40 minor league teams now across the country. So they're, they're, uh, you know, they're, their mission is not to win baseball games. Their mission is to make their owners profit. And so they look at the market they're in and they say, well, where, is, where can we go? Where can we make it better at? And where can we draw more fans at? And so the bigger cities won. The bigger cities are going to continue to win. But there's other opportunities in baseball that we can fit in. That's the good news. Uh, there's independent teams, which for the folks that have been here a long time, like the Eagles that we had were, were our, our first independent team. And it was great baseball. It's a full season, you know, 70 games. There's uh, uh, college wood bat leagues, uh, The probably the, the – Premier one is the Coastal Plains. The other one's the North South League. So there's opportunities that I think will the the uh, city council has appointed a uh, committee for baseball, and that committee's uh, working now and, and meeting with the different leagues and the different ownership groups and, and seeing what's out there. And then they'll come back and make a recommendation to the council of what we feel like we can do. Some of it will uh, some of it will cost. If you I, I've said it from for the last forty years. If you're going to play in the big leagues, it's going to cost. I yeah. don't care what size city you are, where you're at, what you are. If you're in the big leagues, it's going to cost. So, uh, you know, when you think about it, uh, Wilson just passed or in the process of passing uh, uh, $76 million worth of revenue bonds to build a new stadium. Fatville, when we got the Wood Ducks, we spent $1.4 million to bring the Wood Ducks here. Fettville built a new stadium for $45 million. So, you know, Winston-Salem spent $55 million for a new stadium. Well, Spartanburg. So, tell Spartanburg, them about Spartanburg, Spartanburg's going to end up being a, a $87 million stadium. 
at about a $355 million project total. God. With the, with the, uh, the, the thing in baseball now is a uh, downtown development around it. Not only is it just a stadium, but it's a motel, it's uh, bars, restaurants, and uh, it's an entertainment district, basically, is what it boils down to. So, uh, you know, but to, to have that and to make that worth your time, you got to have a bigger population, at least 100,000 folks uh, to, ha- to make that work, and we just don't have that. So, you know, I, I think we'll end up back with baseball. Uh, I think it'll be a little different for us with what we have. But well, the good news is I don't think we'll go five years like we did last time without a team. I yeah. think we'll end up with some kind of team here. Uh, hopefully the ideal thing would be, uh, uh, you know, an independent team. But th- there again – you got independent teams cost a lot of money too, so you got to find somebody willing to own it. You got to find somebody willing to run it, and you, and you got to uh, the city's got to be committed to making an improvement. So, what we'll get yet, we just don't know. But I think the, the the I will say the mayor and the council and the manager are all willing to do what it takes to bring baseball back to Kenton. And and all of them have expressed that here. And I like I said, we're way over now, but I've got to say this: I think folks like you, Bill, Mike Martin, myself, Jason Bryant, sports fans. We'll be able to tell the difference if it's a wood bat league. Or kind of, dude, Linda's not going to be able to tell the difference. Uh, I was about to say you're a beautiful wife, but she would because she's been around well, baseball her whole life. But I'm saying your average fan, your, your peripheral fan, they're not going to be able to tell the difference. It's going to be baseball there. There's going to be, you know, uh, free T-shirts. There's going to be that kind of stuff. The average fan's not going to be able to tell the difference, the, are they? The, well, the, the only thing I think you'll see difference is, is maybe the, the draw how yeah. many people you bring to Kenton. I think that's one of the most important things we've got to look at. Baseball brought a lot of people into Kenton, and it had an economic impact driver of about 3 to $5 million a year on this community. So we need to work as hard as we can to bring a product that will bring the best product that will bring the most people to Lenore County. Yeah. That's got to be our mission is the driving mission has got to be we want to bring people to Kenton. We've made a living for 40 years in this community of – of attracting tourists and events that brought people by using the stadium and by using youth tournaments and athletic tournaments. And we got to continue to drive those things. It's getting harder and harder because more cities have seen networks and more cities are putting, and counties, we got to get the county involved also. More people are putting uh, dollars into facilities that make people want to come to your community. And so that's what we got to work on this community is to continue to have the foresight to put dollars in our facilities that drive people to Kenton and North County. I love it. Listen, Bill Ellis, uh, just legendary Bill Ellis, join us. Thank you so much. Mike Martin, always with us time. both hours, as you always do, man. You're the awesome. man, Mike Martin. I, tell you <laughs> I don't what. know about that. Mike Martin is that. awesome. Listen, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate thank you. Let's get John and Jonathan in here. Let's play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up the Wednesday, February 21st edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. Today is Wednesday, February the 21st. It's hope day here on uh, the Brian Hanks Show. It's now time to play the birthday game. I have my dear friends, John Dawson. Oh, us. Hey. <laughs> Who the hell did you think I was talking about? I was looking down the hall, Brian. I know. And Jonathan Massey. Hey, Brian. Hey, hey how you doing, man? I'm good. Ready for some Freedom Classic stuff? Yeah, I am, man. Uh, well, we are just two days away from the Freedom Classic. Uh, well, are you doing everything you usually do every year? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Took Thursday and Friday off work. Oh, that's awesome. Where are you going to sleep? Uh, hopefully at home if I'm not out of there too late. Yeah, why don't you crash here, man? we got a room for you. Cats. Oh, yeah. I would die a slow death. Well, why don't you stay here then, dude? Trust me, if, if I knew it was that easy to get out of life, I'd do it. God. The Prince of Darkness, John Dawson. 
taken out by a kitty cat. There you go. I think it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a, a, an awesome Freedom Classic as every year. But I got to tell you, man, I'm going to miss Costacopolis, man. That's going to be different. It's going to be very different. I mean, every year we've done it. We've had, now Coach Kaz is back, and we yeah. you know we coach, we love Coach Kaz. Of but course, uh, Air Force lost both their pitching and hitting coaches. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, the pitching coach, Ryan Forrest, is at Boston College now. Head coach or? I don't know. Okay. I haven't delved that deep into it, but I I, I was looking at the roster the other day, and I saw that Forrest wasn't on there, and I was like, uh-oh. Well, maybe we'll save this for Friday's birthday game because, uh, you know, we don't want to give anything away, but you are doing the uh, – the the award that you do every year, right? I am, yeah. If it comes tell everybody in. what that's about. Tell everybody what that's what it is. I so I call it the Lieutenant Travis Wilkie Award. He was a graduate of the Air Force Academy and uh, tragically passed away in a in a training exercise. Uh, I believe in. I don't want to. I don't want to say where it was and not be right, but uh, uh, <clears throat> some a little bit of a plane issue crash landed, and uh, he and the the training pilot both passed away. So uh, I've done an award for, for in his memory every year since then. Um, last year, Trayton Tamia won it. Uh, he was the second baseman. And now, I, you always give it to a senior, right? It's always a senior, and it's somebody that has uh, not necessarily the best on-field performer, but somebody that means a lot to the team uh, as far as, you know, kind of being the heart and soul because Travis wasn't the star player. Mm-hmm. He was he was a glue guy. and. Um, or they brought the team together, and uh, I like to think he still does. Yeah. Well, I think it's awful cool that you do that, and I think it's also very cool that, uh, that Coach Kaz, Kazlowski, we should say Mike Kazlowski, the head baseball coach at Air Force, allows you to do that too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, probably the closest I've come to, to, to crying in front of a room full of grown men, uh, Kaz gifted me with uh, one of Travis's old game jerseys. Wow. Uh, you saw it. Uh, I did, I was, yeah. It was hanging up in my office when I was at Parks and Rec, and uh, now it's at home. But uh, I bring it back to the ballpark every year for the Freedom wow. Classic, put it in the locker room. So it's it's always part of it. Dude, that is so awesome, man. Well, just so many memories, and, of course, we'll be talking about it. This is Freedom Classic Week here on the Brian Hanks Show this week. We are going to have Coach Kaz. We're going to have the new Navy coach here on the show over the next few days. Uh, and just uh, – just, the behind-the-scenes stuff, dude. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff uh, out there at Granger Stadium, and you definitely get to see it doing what you do. Tell everybody—I should even tell you—you you tell everybody what you've done out there since the very first one. Uh, I'm, I'm a glorified laundry man, but uh, <laughs> <clears throat> I do—I do their laundry, but I get to interact with the guys. And I, I'm in the Air Force dugout for every game, so it, it's cool seeing how the guys navigate the ups and downs of a baseball game, and just being there for it. You know, front, literally front row seat. Yeah. I'm, Right on the bench, watching it all unfold, and um, you know, developing relationships with the with the coaches and you know, a few of the players over the years. It's, it's great to see them come back through every year. Some of the graduates always come back, so it's, it's good to interact with the guys. That is awesome. Well, I can't wait for it. And again, like I said, Freedom Classic Week here on the Brian Hanks Show. You know what? I did realize on yesterday and day before yesterday's show, we didn't really talk about my trip to Indianapolis. You want to? You mind if we delve into that for a minute? Sure. 60 uh, seconds and go. <laughs> I got to tell you. See, I was just wasting a couple of seconds there to see if you were counting them against me there, John. Were you counting them? Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, I am. 17. 18, 19. Oh, man. It, they're not a sponsor. Am I going to get in trouble if I call out a... You got 30 uh, seconds left. <laughs> am I going to get in trouble if I call out an airlines? I don't no. think so. Dude, Southwest has got to be the junkiest 
the can, can I say this? And if I do, you need to reverse. They're the white trash of airlines. Okay, they are. I mean, it is just. It, I think the a, correct term is Caucasian debris. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> like that. ah, that's pretty good, yeah. dude. I, and, and I'll do the whole interest of full disclosure thing. I mean, flying back wasn't that bad. And kind of like when you and I came back from uh, Vegas, it wasn't that bad on the way back. Oh, oh, I forgot. Yeah, one leg of it was, wasn't it, Jonathan? Pointing a gun at me. <laughs> well, tell them about uh, the leg back from uh, one of the legs back from Vegas. Uh, yeah, that, that one leg weighed about 300 pounds. Oh, we've, ta- I know, we, we know, we've talked about that on the air. Yeah. Oh, my God. So I, my flight was because they don't have a nonstop for Southwest from RDU to Indianapolis. So I had to do the connecting flight, which uh, going out was from here to uh, Baltimore mm-hmm. and then from Baltimore to Indianapolis. I am not exaggerating. I Now, I knew it was going to be cold in Indy, and they had called for snow and all this kind of stuff. So I had on, like, my, my puffy jacket, you know, the whatever down puffy jacket. I had a hoodie on, then a T-shirt on. It's okay. Gore-Tex. I'm not exaggerating to tell you. I sit down in my seat. I got my window seat. I had a couple of uh, hefty people sitting. I don't know why all the fat people like myself <laughs> have to sit in the same row, man. It just it makes no sense. I think no it's an sense. FAA regulation. I think it is. Dude, and I knew when I got on the plane, I was like, man, it is, it's warm in here, right? And I said it to the guy next to me. I'm like, hey, it's warm, right? And he's like, yeah. Before, we were barely up the air, and something went out with the with the uh, the ventilation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they apologized a couple times. It got up, it had to have been ninety degrees in that or in that uh, fuselage. Yeah, whatever you want, <laughs> dude. It was terrible. I mean, so I took off the jacket, mm-hmm. put it in my thing. I'm I'm burning. I mean, I th- I, I sort of think I was going to get sick. I mean, I'm talking about like. Sick because it was so hot. So I took my my hoodie off and I had on, of course, a gray shirt. And I'm sure there was just sweat stained. So yeah, I know I looked really cool on the plane. Okay, and I and dude, I had the bag out. I'm not even joking. I thought that uh, hurling was about to commence. Saying I was about to be sick covers it. Okay. (laughs) Well, I didn't. Okay. Thank goodness. All right. But we get off that plane and in Baltimore, and I'm like, please, oh, God, don't let this next part be bad. Of course, it was another full plane, and I'm over against the window again, and then two people got on that stank. <laughs> I think they were on the flight with me from RDU to Baltimore. I just didn't see them or whatever, and they had sat in the, in the, in the sweaty confines of that Southwest jet. It was the worst two legs. I think probably I can no, I can think of one other flight that I took one time to when I worked for the newspaper. We flew down to Daytona one time. That was worse than that because it was just so bumpy, so and I did get did, sick. So the air didn't work on the second flight. No, that the, it worked on the second one. Yeah. But the people sitting next to me smelled like they had just worked out in the gym for uh, an hour before the flight. So how would this be a Caucasian debris? It just sounds like you got had bad luck with your passengers. I don't even know where to go with this. Help me here. He's saying that the first leg, that South, this wouldn't happen on any other airline. Southwest just has shoddy secondhand equipment. Mm -hmm. Well, they buy their planes from other airlines that have retired their planes. Mm -hmm. That's what Southwest does. So they're basically the junk heap of airlines. Mm -hmm. And then. Because of that first leg being so bad, and those people were probably coming off the same plane he was on where everybody was sweating. Well, yeah. not all of them, but that one was. I'm telling you, those two people that sat beside me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I so he you know, he ends up stuck beside two people that he was on a previous plane with. Mm-hmm. Now, not 
saying anything against you, but I, I doubt Brian smelled like roses either because he well, had just been sweating. I, well, for, I had just taken a shower, so, I mean, I'd like to think that I wasn't that bad, but I know I was sweaty. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think – I'm sure I didn't smell bad. I just was sweaty. I don't know. Well, it, as, oh, this, is, this just shows you in the quality of people that fly Southwest, too, which, I mean, includes me since I did it, and you, too, over there, uh, Jonathan, since we did it on the way back from Vegas. But there were 18 people, they said, that were staying on the plane that were going whatever was the next leg after Baltimore. Okay, I'm sitting on the inside. I'm about halfway back on the plane. I had a pretty good, uh, I think I had like a B12. Uh, yeah, yeah, which isn't bad. Uh, seating position. But the lady sitting on the end from, from the RDU to Baltimore. So, you know, and it, this has actually gotten better where, you know, if you're sitting in the middle of the plane, the people in the first rows get up and da-da-da-da-da. Well, the lady in our row, you know, I thought, well, maybe she's just trying to be polite. She doesn't get up. And a couple rows behind us, and I'm like, ma'am, are you not getting off? No, no, I'm sitting here. Well, I said, well, I, I pulled a John Dawson. I said, well, I'm not. Will you please get up? Yeah. Well, that's what you got to do. People she don't... was just going to sit there, and me and the, and the, the sweaty person sitting between us, and as he, and he said to me, he's like, thank you for doing that. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, why didn't you say something to her, you know? She was just going to sit there. And she would have just sat there if we hadn't said anything to her. Well, people are the worst. People yeah. are the worst. I will say this. The flight's back, though. It was early Sunday morning. My first flight was from Indianapolis at 630 in the morning. So the plane was only 60% full. Man, I didn't have anybody sitting right next to me. I did the window again. Nobody sitting right next mm -hmm. to me. And then you, you're not going to believe this one, Jonathan. I had an A50 loading position for uh, the last leg from from Atlanta to uh, uh, RDU. And as you guys know, I got me some uh, some uh, yeah. varsity. I sent y'all the picture of me, you know. And yeah, yeah it was awesome. Uh, but dude, I was A50. I get on the plane. There's at the very front row. There's a guy sitting right there on the end. Nobody sitting in either two seats beside him. Like. You mind? He goes, no, 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 come on. And I ended up having sitting in the front row, which I've never done for Southwest, and didn't even have anybody sitting to my left. How awesome. Dude, stretched my legs. I actually stretched my legs as far as they would go. Still didn't touch the front, dude. It must have been nice. I mean, our flight from, what was our second leg, from Chicago to Raleigh? I think so, yeah. That wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't. Because really we were. First, Drunk. like, five or six rows. Yeah. No, nah, we were stone sober. <laughs> we were, dude, because we were coming back to reality, man. It just, oh, okay. yeah, you know. And remember, we flew first class Delta out to Vegas. I was not sober by the end of that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was See, not. you should have used your alcohol. You should have done a cheapo flight while you were loaded and first class while you were sober. Yeah, but they first, don't, yeah, first class was, it, it would have been really expensive flying out there. Yeah. And it was gratis. The uh, the alcohol is uh, free when you sit in first class. As there were much a couple of times I didn't even have to ask them. They just brought it. Yeah. Well, I think she saw the longing look in your eye, you know, after you chugged that, you know, the first one down, you know. Yep. Anyway, so had fun. Maybe we'll talk later on this week about other stuff from Indianapolis. But I had to share the flight stuff with you. Uh, yeah, I didn't feel bad for you. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> I know you did. But, man, let me tell you something. Those varsity hot dogs. They hit. They hit just right. Okay, it was awesome, man. It was awesome. So yeah, I just still don't. There, nothing is. The hype is too much. It's a hot dog. Tell. Why are you? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell him though. They're really good, dude. <clears throat> I would. 
I doubt you can find a better hot dog. Yeah. The best hot dog on the planet's not worth delaying a flight over. Yes, it is. <laughs> well, for whatever reason, I only had an hour between flights when I got to uh, Atlanta. Uh, to Atlanta, but they they beat it by like ten minutes from Indy to Atlanta. So I had that extra ten minutes. Here's what was awesome: uh, my gate that I got out was C13. My next gate was C15, and literally 150 feet down the concourse was Varsity. It was like God Himself, I John. I think one Dawson. of the engines fell off and it saved. It sped the plane up. Well, I got no problem with that because I got two delicious varsity hot dogs I'm, uh, I'm, Sunday morning at 1030 in the I'm, morning, man. That was awesome. I'm glad for you and your family. There you go. Okay. <laughs> hey, let's play the birthday game. What do you think? Should we do that? Well, I guess we're out of time now. No, we got plenty of time. Jonathan won yesterday. He had a perfect game. His 35th perfect game of the birthday game. He won five to nothing. He now leads eight days to six. In fact, remember he's we won. have a sponsor for this. We do. He's won six days in a row. And, uh, dude, you were in control, John. You led six days to two. There was no way you could lose. And look what you've done. Now you're losing. I know we allegedly have time, but let's let's do do the jinx thing tomorrow. We got a little time to make up here. <laughs> you're right. Jonathan, why don't you tell us about GoEco Technology Service Provider, the title sponsor of the birthday game? Well, GoEco Technology service provider uh, wonderful wonderful company they've done a lot for the community uh, here in Kansas and Lenore County and surrounding communities uh, headed up by just a just a great guy uh, he's a great hang loves his sports teams but uh, more than that he's a he's a businessman that cares about his clients mm. that's Jock Passelig and if you want to see what Jock can do for you you need to give him a call at 252-252-286-286-53-53-54-54. Or you can visit his website at goeconc.com. What is goeco.com or bucklesbury.com? Back to you, Brian. I love it. I love it. Let's jump right into this. She's the lead singer of this band. I am shocked, John Dawson. While we wait for the vocals, I just want everyone listening to know Brian is dressed like an M&M. <laughs> He's dressed well, like a bag of peanut M&Ms. Well, I'm wearing my Joey Logano race shirt from a couple of days ago. I was ago. here to sing it, Brian. Oh. And is it, this is the singer. That, uh, how do you? That's the guy singing. The girl sings in the meet. You talking about Grace Slick? That's Mickey Thomas and Grace Slick. No, this is Kathy Richardson. That's Kathy Richardson. Well, I thought right this there. was Starship. For some it time. is Jefferson Starship. But this is, uh, remember, uh, Grace Slate. Shoot. Okay, well, Kathy Richardson says is the lead singer. It listed her yeah. as the lead singer of this song. That's not Grace Slick right there. That's Kathy Richardson. I think. This is from the 80s. Yeah. Grace Slick is on this. I think. Okay, well, allegedly, and I looked it up to back myself up, this is supposed to be Kathy Richardson. Hold on. Let me, I'm going to Google this. Google. Because isn't this the same album as we built this city? Yes. Well, who was the lead singer of Jefferson Starship? Just Starship. No, this was Jefferson Starship. Oh, no, it is Starship. My bad. Look, I guess you do know more than I do about music. <laughs> Look at Jonathan. Who's the lead singer of Jonathan who sang Nothing's going to stop uh that's right folks we do our show prep on the show not all the time (laughs) in his defense he tried to do it before he was just i did i thought maybe well it's not god it just says starship oh who is a singer nothing's going to stop us now 
Gray Slick and Nikki Thomas. Okay, well, uh, Kathy Richardson. Uh, <laughs> Look, you gave it a shot. I did try. Kathy Richardson, allegedly the lead singer of uh, Jefferson Sp- of Starship. She's and- the current singer, not on this track. Oh, okay. Well, we'll still play this in honor yeah, of I Starship. I saw him on PBS a few weeks ago, and she, the one you're talking about is the current lead singer. Yes. I can't do it the way you do it. There you go. There you go. You Anyway, Kathy Richardson. How old is Kathy Richardson today? No, it's not you. It's Jonathan Massey. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Save <laughs> you. Save me. Um. <laughs> and this is our only musical hint today. I just wasted it, didn't That's I? a shame. It is a shame, isn't it? Come on, Paco. Uh, 72. You say 72. What do you say, John Dawson? 38. God, y'all are going to make me do math here. She's 55. Okay. So you He's said. He's closer. Wait. No, 38 and 55 at 17. You said. 72. Oh, my God. I honestly got, I saw her on PBS and thought she was in her late, early 40s. <laughs> no, 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 no. How is that even possible? 55, you said 38. Should we just call today a tie and walk away? <laughs> well, we you might sh- need to. Oh, my God. that How's that? E- <laughs> I can understand if it's like 52 and 50 and she's 51. How do you do 17? That's that's insane. Okay, well, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not even mad. That's amazing. That is amazing. I, I guess I'm not either. Okay, was well, O to O to one. Let's do the second one. She was Lacey and Cagney and Lacey. John Dawson. It's Tyne Daly. Tyne Daly. Today is Tyne Daly's birthday. How old is she today? God, can't believe 17. I'm sitting there going, okay, yeah, okay. That is crazy. She was born. What he's thinking when he's trying to meet people at the bus stop. (laughs) Um, Let me see. Uh, Wait, what? (laughs) 78. Congratulations, John Dawson. She was born February 21st. A little loud there, dog. Oh, sorry. February 21st, 1946. So she is 78 today. Congratulations. So you lead 1 to 0 to 1. Goes back to you, Jonathan Massey, and I'm telling you. She was in TV's Ghost Whisperer, and I know what you did last summer. Uh, she was on TV's Ghost Whisperer, 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 <laughs> a Whisperer, and she was on. Uh, I know what you did last summer on the big screen. I gotta tell you, man, I always kind of had a little crush on her, man, because she is really lovely. Okay, tell them who it is? Oh, uh, you know who it is, right? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt. I saw so uh, the, you'll love this. Uh, the it wasn't The Simpsons; it had to be Family Guy. But she was on Ghost Whisperer, and they exaggerated uh, her body. Let's just say that. Yeah. And uh, like uh, she's asking a ghost, "Why do all you ghosts always come to talk to me?" <laughs> and you can imagine what the answer was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both said that together. Yeah, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who. Uh, mm. All right. Who's going to yeah. That's all I said. I think I, I did very to, well. I was trying to stop it before it got messy. Oh, okay. Before you had to lay plastic down, right? Whose go is it? That's your fault. Whose go <laughs> um, it? It's mine. Uh, 48. You say 48. What do you say, Jonathan Parrott Dawson? 49. 
She's actually 45. Uh, listen, Jordan Peele's birthday today. He's 45. Uh, Frazier, Kelsey Grammer, he's 69. The boys tied today 2-2-1. Two to two to one. Uh, Massey leads eight days to 6-1. to one. Listen, thank you so much for listening to today's show. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College.